through rate, which is people clicking through to your website, is just under 40%, 40%. So, and then the number one position is 10 times more likely to get get that click than whoever's on um, at number 10, even though you're both on page one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing Mashup, and thanks for joining us again on the show. It's um, it, Christmas holidays feel like a distant memory. Like we're only in our third week back or something, and and it feels like we're kind of up to our eyes in it again. And and yeah, I've forgotten what Christmas holidays were like, and we're already thinking about oh, when can we have another break. Um, so I don't know what it's like for you guys, but. Certainly, we're back right into the thick of it. And today on the mashup, we've got a really um, cool guest, someone who I've known for a little while, and it's been really, really fun and really interesting seeing her business kind of evolve as it has. But um, we've got Rachel from Crazy, Crazy Digital Creative with us today, who's going to talk to us a little bit about SEO and some other good fun stuff. So, Rach, welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. Um, hey, we're going to jump into some really good stuff that's that's going to be helpful, I guess, for our listeners around SEO shortly. But before that, you're, you know, you've got a, a really sort of um, varied background, work history, you know, I think law and maybe some other stuff as well. And then you kind of morphed into copywriting and that's now moved into like broader digital marketing SEO type stuff. So give us the kind of five-minute rundown of, of your work background and what's brought you to where you are now? Yeah, so I certainly haven't had a conventional uh, career. Um, I started university uh, studying towards a Bachelor of Music, majoring in performance trumpet. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> and, I've, I, I, and during first year, I actually, um, uh, as a performance student, you had to be in the university orchestra and as part of that I ended up um, playing in the orchestra for Nelson Mandela so you know one of those (laughs) so one of those bucket list things that you didn't know was a bucket list thing until you actually did it Um, and then (laughs) but I ended up yes I ended up graduating with uh, a law degree and um, an arts degree majoring in criminology and went into law Um, so back then um Becoming a business owner was definitely in my mind, but I yeah. always sort of thought that would be as a law firm rather than something else. Yeah. So I um, practiced law in New Zealand and then uh, moved to Australia and pra- um, practiced law over here for a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. And then decided to um, have a change in career. Um, so there were some parts of practicing law that I loved and then other parts that I didn't love as much. So I decided, yeah, decided to have a career change. <laughs> Very tactful, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then I did, uh, more admin work for a little bit. So, like, um, office management, executive assistant, yeah. uh, and sort of many of those roles still played, um, I still managed to use some of my legal skills in there as well, mm-hmm. my legal background, uh, which was great. Um, my last employee role, I also uh, was for an insolvency business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that really played on my law background and I actually wrote some of their blog posts for their website as well. Yeah. Um, and then 
when I started my business, so that was in 2018, I actually started off um, as a VA, a virtual assistant, uh, just to pay on my office management skills and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it evolved quite quickly. So um, within about six or seven months in, uh, mm. I had a friend who lives in the suburb neighbouring me, um, who she started her business about six months after me, and we're having mm-hmm. a coffee. And, you know, as I went to leave, I gave her my like, business card, and she was like, oh, um, I'm just pet sitting. Why, why would I want a VA for? I'm like, just keep the card, just keep the card. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and about, <laughs> about a month later, she messages me saying, uh, who did your website? Uh, I did. No, no, I, I'm sure you wrote it and everything, but who actually set up your website? Hmm. Oh, no, I did. So she ended up being my first WordPress client. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that sort of started, that sort of um, got the WordPress work um, going on. I ended up yeah. with a couple of other WordPress clients a, a yeah. couple of months after that. Uh, and then um, within about 12 months with some of the networking I was doing, Mm-hmm. Um, a few people saying, oh, you want someone who's good with words? Go talk to Rachel. She's really good with words. Yeah. So it's sort of the copywriting and the WordPress work sort of started like that. Um, so, it kind so, of, so it kind of just like organically morphed from one thing into another. It's not like you kind of really intentionally went, right, this is what I want to do. I'm going to start this business mm-hmm. and kind of – and 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 sort of went after it and built that, it just kind of organically happened by the sounds of it. Yeah, organically happened. And some of the VI stuff I was doing, I quite liked, but uh, some of the other stuff I didn't like. So, yeah. uh, you know, once I had some of the WordPress work and did some blog copy for some clients and um, editing and proofreading, I, was like, I, I thought, I actually like this more. So, mm-hmm. um, so my... Original business name was Crazy Cat VA. That changed to Crazy Cat Copy. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, last year I rebranded um, to Crazy Digital Creative, and mm-hmm. that was because I was when I rebranded as Crazy Cat Copy. I wasn't sure whether I'd keep the WordPress work going or whether mm-hmm. that would drop off, yep. but it kept going. So half my business is one, half my business is other. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people um, just because I saw the word copy in my business name sort of didn't associate that with WordPress. So, right. Yeah, so they just assumed fine. that you were a copywriter and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. so what have been, sorry, what have been some of the challenges um, along the way? Cause like you said, you've changed the name a couple of times. There was maybe some misconceptions about what it is that you do, but what have been the biggest challenges for you in going from, you know, like an employee in that legal space to a business owner now in a very different space? Uh, There's definitely been a few different challenges. There was sort of, because I was used to the employee mindset, there's a whole lot of mindset thing around that. So that that was one thing um, Mm. and that was a challenge to start with. But as I was talking to other business owners, you, you, you don't realize that you're not the that you're not the only one who thinks certain things. Yeah. So, um, so it was really good. That, so that's why I loved networking. So I sort of learned from that. Yeah. Um, but I think early on, one um, one big thing was not not trusting my gut instinct, um, and mm. uh, that at, at one point that led to me taking on. A pitter client, so a pain in the butt client. Yeah. Um, and 
And, and my and my gut, uh, when I was having coffee, I met this person through a networking event. That then they then asked me to, for a coffee to talk about their website. And having that coffee, my gut was telling me, "Don't work with this person. Don't work with this person." It's always red but, flags. <laughs> um, but the other, but my logical part of my brain says, "Well, but I still need the income." So right. I took it on. Um, I didn't know why my gut was saying, "Don't take her on." So I just went, "Well, it's income." Yep. And it, the project took a lot longer than it should have done. Uh, instead, um, yeah, and, and yeah, and I built a new website. And when she first looked at it, she was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good." And then about two days later, she sent me like twenty-five pages of amendments. Right. There's t- it's oh, like we, <laughs> we all do it though. We like we all do it, at, especially at the start. And and then I think some people just never learn. There's, you're right, there's that mindset that, well, I've got to take this work because I really need the money. And we don't think about, you know, what we're sacrificing in order to do that, what other opportunities we might have to give up in order to do that work, how much headspace it's going to consume. And you're right, when we're starting out, especially, but later on as well, we need to trust our instincts and our gut. And if there's red flags, respectfully say no. Yeah. And it's okay to it's, do that. You know, there's that fear that if I say no, I might never get another client, you know. Um, but it's but, okay yeah. to say no. It's often saying no means you, you're telling the universe, no, this is not who I want to work with. But, and it just opens up opportunities for, to work with other people. So that was definitely a lesson that I, um, yeah, learned early, lo- uh, early on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and pr- pricing was another early lesson. So when I started my business, I was st- – um, I just charged by the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, Might as well have uh, a job. I think I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. It's what you're used to when you're seeing pay slips, this is my hourly rate, even though uh, I was yeah. a salaried person and stuff like that. So uh, it didn't take me long to move over to value-based pricing, and, and then the challenge was actually charging my um, charging my worth. So that was a whole that was a whole lot of work as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, you, yeah, okay. Yeah, did you find that, like, that was – what was that experience like the first time you pitched, like, a, a high price, what you thought was a high price to a client? Did you find it, like, almost hard to get the words out? It was hard, yes, yeah. <laughs> and then looking back on it now, I, I, I undercharged. Yeah, like even, way then, even when you yeah. thought it was like, this is a really high price, it's, you look back at, the time at it and think, was, yeah. how did I make money doing that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't so serve anyone. The, no. Like it doesn't serve you because you're stressed. It doesn't serve your client because you've got to cut corners and try and do things more quickly than you would otherwise like to do them. You can't afford to get good outsourced help. You're right. It can be really hard. It can be really hard vocalizing that price that you know you're worth but ultimately, you're you're giving your client better service when you do that. Yes, and I think also the other thing that now that I think I've got my pricing about right now, I I, I treat better clients. Like that, that, yeah. that, that, all of my pain in the butt clients happened because I was undercharging. Yeah, that was, I think that was a big factor, uh, and and it's but it's at the same time when you're right. at that point. It's yeah. hard for you to get down and switch, um, switch your brain over because you're yeah. scared that you won't you won't attract clients at a higher price at all. And it's always and there's also the other thing, you know, as service providers, 
it's kind of in our DNA that we want to help people. And, you know, and so if there's people that want to work with you and they genuinely don't have the budget, you still want to help them. You know, you kind of feel like I'm abandoning this person in their time of need if you say no, but then it's, you know, then it's a matter, I guess, of either trying to point them towards somebody who can assist them or, you know, maybe having a lower value or lower priced offering where you have a a smaller service or, you know, a stripped back version of your service. So you can still help them and maybe hopefully get them up to the level where they can afford the core product. But you're right. We've we've all got to be really intentional and purposeful about this is the business that I'm building. And in order to do that, these are the types of clients I need to work with whilst being really respectful of those people who, you know, maybe just aren't in that position yet. Um, It's a balancing act. Hey, Yes, like you've got, and you've got to have the cash flow to come in so that you can look after yourself. Because if you don't look after yourself, then how can you serve your clients um, in, in a way that you want to as well? So, yeah, someone it said, can I feel like know, a, yeah, I don't know who who said it, but you, you, was it you can't drink from or you can't pour from an empty vessel or something like that? Like you, you've got to look after yourself first, put your oxygen mask on first if you're definitely. going to be able to help the other people so yeah you're right pricing so important and that's one of the challenges at the start hey is just figuring that out yes definitely especially when you want to get that cash flow going <laughs> yeah so so you do you offer a range of services but one of the things that I notice you talk about quite a lot in your own marketing is SEO yes and it's it's something that I think a lot of businesses don't do or don't do well don't really understand and maybe don't put a high enough value on because SEO is a slow burn in in comparison to, you know, something like ads where you can run an ad and tomorrow you've got a lead in your inbox. You know, SEO is a slightly slower burn, but it's one of those long-term strategies that you need to have in place if you want to build a strong, sustainable business because ads are great, but when you turn them off, the leads stop too. So SEO, I think, is you know, is more that kind of foundational stuff that builds good, strong, long-term business. But from an SEO person, explain to us what it is. <laughs> so, um, for people who don't know what the acronym means, it's search engine optimization, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, but yeah. it's the process of improving the quality and quantity of traffic to your website. Um, from search, um, from search engines such as Go- um, Google being the most popular one, but there's other ones like um, Bing, Yahoo, and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's about organically improving your website's visibility. Um, so basically, you want Google and other search engines to fall in love with your website, so that when people type uh, type in a keyword that's relevant to what you offer. Then, uh, then you appear like preferably in the top three on, on on page one. So basically, the closer you get to the number one spot, the more likely people will click through to your website. So yeah, it's different different to um, Google Ads mm-hmm. in that you're not paying um, Google or Facebook for the click through. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, you don't you can do it yourself. Technically, you don't have that part for um, part with any cash so where where the money does come involved is if you do outsource any part of it so you might out, outsource the keyword research and store write your own copy you might use an seo 
copywriter, you might, and some there are website developers who also help out with SEO as well. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, okay. so, yeah some it. interesting stat, stats on that on that as well. Um, mm. So, like the if you if you get to number one, yeah, I love good. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're in the number one spot for a relevant keyword, then the average click through rate, which is people clicking through to your website is just under 40%, 40%. So, and then the number one position is 10 times more likely to get, get that click than whoever's on um, at number 10, even though you're both on page one. Right. Um, right. uh, Yeah. Um, So, so when, when we talk about a, like a 40% chance. So if I do, if I search for a particular keyword, whatever that might be, mechanic, if I'm looking for a mechanic where I live and I type in automotive mechanic or something, the the person who's in position number one, 40% of people who do click the search through. are going to click on that one. And yeah. so everybody else in my category is basically fighting for the remaining 60%. Yeah. So, so if you're in top- position, wow, that's, a ma- that's massive. The top, the top three spots, like uh, ranking yeah. one, two, and three, they receive sixty-eight point seven percent of all click clicks. Right. So everybody else, the the thousands, probably literally, or if you're in a small geographic area, it might be hundreds of other yeah. businesses who do what you do. If you're not in the top three, you're fighting with all of them for like thirty percent of the market. Yeah. And that then, is insane. The, yeah, and the other factor is um, about seventy-five percent of internet users don't go past page one. Yeah, I'm actually surprised so, that yeah. it's that it's not more than that because yeah, yeah. Like, I think about my own behaviour, and I'm like, I I would hardly ever go to page two. Yeah, it's a, it's a time thing too. Like people like when they start searching for something, they want to find the answer. As soon, yeah. uh, as soon as possible, so they don't want to scroll through too many search yeah. results. Yeah, exactly. To do and that. So- and the other thing too is, if that business that's like on the first screen, even before you scroll down, if one of those businesses is a business that I've seen before, if I've engaged with their socials, if I've seen them on a bus, if I'm already aware of their brand, I'm clicking yes. on that one. It's like, oh, I've seen them before. Click. Mm. You know, because there's already that level of, of familiarity. Familiarity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so SEO is about making sure that you rank as far up the page as possible when somebody yes. does a search, which we all yes. do. It, okay, so here's a stat. Well, actually, I don't know a stat. I'm asking for a stat. How many Google searches occur, <laughs> um, like, on a daily basis? Well, no, that- um, well, good, like, Google doesn't. Um, publish um, its da- um, volume data, right. but uh, when I last look at it, look, looked at it, which was maybe within the last six months, um, mm. it's estimated that uh, about ninety nine thousand Google searches per second. <laughs> That's unreal, isn't it? So, so- uh, you compare that to to nineteen nineties when mm. search engines sort of started. Yeah, it's a big. It's a big. Big difference, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So if you're not taking, if you're not doing something to get yourself up those search engine rankings, you are missing an enormous opportunity. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we know what it we know what it does, but then drilling down a bit further, what are some of the elements 
of SEO? Like if, if I said, oh, I need to SEO my website, for example, like what does that look like? So I think a lot of people think it's just the written content on your website, but it's a lot more than that. So um, usually I break it down to three, to three core elements. So, uh, so one is the content. So your words, um, the images you use, which can be optimized, um, videos, blog posts, uh, um, and then you've got uh, more te- um, technical things like the page titles, which is the little titles you see in the tab, mm-hmm. and the meta descriptions, which mm. people start seeing in search results or if a page is shared on Facebook or other social media. So there's the, that, there's the content bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the more technical side, uh, which is uh, the back end of your website, so how it's set up. Um, whether whether uh, Google and other search engines can call it because there is, it's possible to turn that off. Mm. Um, your your website speed. Um, so basically, you want your um, your website to load as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, having um, the secure um, secure certificate on your website so that makes it um, go from HTTP to HTTPS. Yeah, the um, SSL uh, so good. Gu- yeah, so Google looks at that. Mm. Uh, mobile responsiveness, because people now search on their mobiles. They might be uh, sort of in the middle of a town somewhere searching for mm. a local cafe or whatever. Um, so your website has to look good uh, on mobile. Um, and, and there's, yeah, there's other technical things there. And the oh, third oh. element is um, links from other mm. websites. So these can be things like um, directory listings. So if you're a member of your local chamber, you should, um, and they let you have a profile, you should have make mm-hmm. sure you get a backlink to your site. Yeah. Um, and this is and where you contribute right. to other businesses' blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's websites like Source Bottle, Help a Reporter Out. I love Source Bottle you, and Haro, yeah. <laughs> uh, where you can get backlinks for, for being quoted in certain mm-hmm. things. Um, you may do a guest post on someone else's website. If you if you do keynote speaking and mm-hmm. the business is, is advertising an event where you're speaking at, having a bio link like, um, yep. from there. Yeah. So those are the th- three main things. Yeah. So get a get um, a link get a link from somebody's podcast website to your website definitely. if you're a guest podcaster, <laughs> maybe something definitely. like that. I don't know. That's it. Um, yeah. Right. So so there's you. you mentioned so much good stuff in there but a couple of things that I just I picked up on like you mentioned having your website as being mobile responsive it's almost at the point now where it needs to be built for mobile first um isn't it particularly if social is an important part of what you do because I saw a stat another good stat that you know something like 70 it was 70 something percent of people exclusively access their social profiles on a mobile device like don't use a desktop at all it's 70 it's a it's a high rate yeah um and and if and if you're like if you're a brick and mortar business having that local seo and so there's like you can have like local keywords but having your website look good on a mobile if people if your text is going off the screen and people can't read all of your text then they're just going to get frustrated and go possibly go elsewhere yeah, 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 of course. So we've got to, to all of those things um, are really important. So what about 
what about regularly adding content to your website? You know, the, the content that's there obviously needs to be well optimized, but what about how frequently we put things on our websites? So, yeah, so basically, like, if if you have a blog, you should uh, you should um, post regularly. So um, I suppose one point is the more blogs you've got on there, the more opportunities you can be ranked for a relevant, um, relevant keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, like, my business has evolved. So my SEO has changed over the past five years quite a lot. So even like just being conscious of what's written on your homepage and your product or service pages, yeah. if your business has evolved, that's going to change. Yeah. Um, and so it's an ongoing, so it's an ongoing thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose like with having regular content, a lot of people get scared about giving away their know-how that yeah. they otherwise charge for. Right. And my, don't be, don't be scared because a part of attracting clients is gaining their trust in you. So you want the, want them to have uh, want them to gain trust in you over one of your competitors. And mm. one way of doing that is actually telling people about your know-how. And, and so, yeah, um, so, so this is why I talk to people about SEO and copywriting and WordPress tricks. So if people if people see you out there explaining stuff, then they're going to mm. build that trust. And just because you've told them doesn't mean people want to do it themselves. There will be some people who want to do it themselves. Then there'd be other people who might try doing it themselves, but then realize how time consuming it is and then and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. And I suppose the main point, the other point is there is making sure that your content's relevant to your audience as well. Mm. Um, Because you don't want to be talking about stuff um, that's not relevant to you. Um, because people, so people can pick up on that um, as well. So they, they can pick up on how passionate you are about mm. whatever you're talking about as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, again, there's a couple of really important points that you've made there. And one is not holding anything back because that's, it's almost like this is your opportunity to prove to people that you are actually an authority in what you're doing. And, and if you kind of half-ass it, and they read whatever it is that you've written and they think, oh, well, that doesn't really explain what I needed explained or that doesn't actually help me, they're probably moving on to somebody else's website to find it. Yeah, and and you're right, just, just because they know what to do doesn't mean they want to do it. And we're actually seeing a big move away now from the done with you type programs where there was this explosion in courses, right? We'll teach you to do something or you know, we'll, we'll go through whatever it is with you. Now back to the done for you because people are just like, I haven't got time for that. I want to focus on the core part of my business, which is serving my clients. And I want you to do the SEO or the marketing yes. or the accounting yeah. or whatever it is, just do it for me. But I want to know that you can solve my problem. And the best way to yeah. prove that is just be completely open with your information yes. and give them as much I mean, as possible. I mean, I mean, we, we seem to think differently as business owners rather than like in your personal life. Mm. Like in my personal life, I wouldn't think about cutting my own hair. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. go. I wouldn't bother fixing the toilet or the hot mm. water. You know, you know what I mean. So we, we we have no problem going to the hairdresser. We have no problem calling a plumber if we need to. But yeah, you know. But, but when it gets to business, people, some people seem to struggle a little bit more without um, outsourcing stuff. 
Yeah, we do. We totally treat business relationships differently from personal relationships. And they're not different. They, In fact, they are personal relationships. Like a exactly. business doesn't buy something. A person in that business buys something and they buy it from exactly. you, another person. Yes. And so if you think about personal relationships and you meet someone and you talk to them and you think they're holding something back from me, you are not getting into a relationship with that person. And it's the same. If I'm reading somebody's blog and I'm like, there's key information missing out of this. I'm not doing business with them. Um, Fresh content. I read that the search engines like or or will give higher indexing to a website that's got recent content because it's like, well, this is new. I want to show this to people. Um, More so than, you know, a website that's got content, you know, the last time you posted on there was 18 months ago, for example. So, yeah, there are definitely posts that are, that are older that can rank well. Like you can have mm-hmm. that, um, you may have heard the term evergreen content. Yeah, you know, so yep. there's, there's there's certain things like and what I do that stay the same, even though there might be some some stuff within that that might be tweaked a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, it, and, and evergreen content can rank very well. Yeah. But I, uh, one thing I always rec- um, recommend to people is like if you've got older blog posts, Go back, go back and review them once, once uh, every six months or something like that, and sit, mm. seeing if there's something in there that needs to be, if there's information that needs to be updated. Um, so one example would be: so I've, one of my clients is a financial planner, and they mm. sometimes post about superannuation. So <laughs> the superannuation rules change. So Holy you know that's God. all. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's certain things that can be updated, um, and. and and also, yeah, so with that kind of stuff, but you might also have a different perspective. So you might want to change an older blog post. Um, and I, was, I suppose the other th- thing is that pe- people's search intent changes over time as well. Mm-hmm. So for uh, the most obvious example of that would be um, would be the, the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, nobody would have known what COVID was. Yeah, totally. Um, Whereas, you know, but people would have started searching it in early 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the, then the searches would have changed yeah. as like, as like uh, when lockdowns lifted up, can I mm-hmm. travel? Uh, which countries, which, uh, which countries can I travel to? Yeah. Can I leave the country? Whatever, you know? So even, yeah, so that's yeah, probably right. the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to. So you want to write your content in such a way that it is going to be useful for the long term so that you can continue to, I guess, get traffic to your same blogs. If you want to run a traffic campaign, you can send it, you know, to those evergreen blogs, but you've got to be mindful of current economic conditions and social conditions and make sure that you're posting content that captures those search terms as well. Hey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also like, uh, yeah. And, like when I write blog posts, I try and um, you can repurpose it as well. So once you've got a um, blog post um, published, yeah, you can probably get you can probably get five or six different social media posts out of a blog mm-hmm. if it's well written, you know. Yeah. Uh, like you just um, yeah, and then you, and then you, of course you include a link to the blog as well. Yeah, which is really important, isn't it? Like putting content on your website's great, but if you don't drive traffic to it, it's actually not helping, and. I, I believe that, you know, one of the metrics that's used to index your page is how many people are visiting it, how long do they spend there, 
you know, things like dwell time and bounce rates. And so if you've got good mm-hmm. engaging content and you can find a number of different different traffic sources to get people there, that's going to help your organic listings too, isn't it? But, yeah, definitely. And all, uh, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. <laughs> it went, yeah. Uh, um, no, it's that, that's it, what left my building. <laughs> it, it'll it'll come back to you. Um, now you mentioned that images can be optimized uh, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, so there's so that's there's interesting. A, there's a few different aspects here. Um, like one of one of my services is I do I do um, WordPress audits. So mm-hmm. I go go through go through the back end of people's websites and give it an audit. And one of the th- one of the main issues that I commonly find is that images aren't optimized. So there's a few different ways to optimize it. So one is the image size. Um, so for example, you might have a big header image at the top of your page. That's going to be need to be a lot bigger than say um, having team member profiles on your about page where it's a smaller image. Mm-hmm. That image is not not going to be neat. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Um, and why that's important is uh, because it, it can affect your site speed, which is oh. a factor in mm-hmm. ranking well for SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's and the other other one is uh, naming images. So I've I've lost count of how many websites I've seen <laughs> where people's images are named image zero zero one, image zero zero two, and so forth. That. That's that, that doesn't help. So you know, for like um, for your homepage, the f- first image should be named after whatever your main keyword is for that page, and then right. any subsequent images should be like a synonym of um, of, of that keyword. Right. Um, and then with with and, and with blog posts, the main image would be the main SEO keyword, mm-hmm. and then any subsequent images you use should be. Synonyms or something related to that original one, um, because technically you can actually rank for more than one term and on a page. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's an interesting one, hey? Because the search engines, they can't like they don't know what's in your image. Like they no. can't look at the photo and go, oh, that's a photo of X Y Z. So you need no. to have your image named appropriately and described. And also, like, and uh, you, you can also put like a um, they call it an out description. That's another yeah. thing that a lot of people don't fill it in. So when you're mm. uploading it, and so you want to rename it before you upload it, and then yeah. as you upload it, you want to um, include the description because mm-hmm. Google can read that, uh, and other search engines can read what um, description you put in there. Yeah. Okay. And so that uh, that tells the search engine what the image is. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it also, oh. and it also makes your website more accessible to visually impaired people as well. So you get double benefit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That hey, that's that's actually a really important one. Um. So if I'm, if I'm a small business and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing and I'm blogging every week or I'm blogging once a month, you know, if I haven't got the time to do it weekly, what are a couple of tips that I should keep in mind to make sure the blogs I'm putting on my website are doing their job as well as possible for SEO perspective? So one of my big tips, and you sort of touched on this a little bit um, earlier, is um, uh, write for humans. Because, <laughs> I love that. Uh, human, so it's like a human's first, Google's second sort of approach because if you're ranked number one for a term and people click through to whatever page it is mm-hmm. and, and your content's not written for humans, they're just going to go elsewhere. Yeah. So you, you so that um, 
yeah, you need to write write for humans and then optimize that for the key uh, the keywords in there. So that that's a really big one. Mm-hmm. And I suppose with um, the increasing popularity of um, ChatGPT and other mm-hmm. AI tools, uh, ChatGPT has been around for just over twelve months now. People are getting more savvy uh, on picking up. Oh yeah, that's written by AI. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've seen yes. like I've seen I've seen job ads on LinkedIn. That were clearly written by, I, and that, that's a turnoff as well. So yeah. um, it, it, it can help. Like you can use it for some of the legwork, but it's ha- you have to um, make sure it's written for humans. That's got your personality, um, brand voice to it, because that's what people are going to relate to. Uh, so that, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, and this, there's definitely some like there's also some tools that you can use for free to help optimize. Um, for keywords so mm-hmm. like on on google if you search anything on google you may see that um in the results there's always near the top there's always that um people also ask mm-hmm. yeah function yeah. Uh, and and that can give that and they can give you an idea of what questions people are asking um so so that's definitely one uh, one way to sort of get ideas if, if you've got a bit of a um, block there mm-hmm. um Commonly, commonly asked questions. Like if yeah. you get, if there's questions that you get asked by your clients or leads, that's a good way to get topics. Mm-hmm. And then as you type, and as you type them in Google, you know how they um, comes down with a draw, draw down with some suggestions. Yeah. That that will give you an idea of what people are searching for. Yeah. Right. Um, when you're uploading your blog to your website, don't forget to optimize your images. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have a page title on there uh, and a meta description. Yeah. Um, you can, um, Google Ads has a keyword planner in there, which you can. Okay. Uh, you, um, you don't have to run any Google Ads to use it. You just have to ha- make sure you've got an active account. Yeah. Uh, and you can um, the keyword planner that lets you um, put in up to ten keywords in there, and it will give you some some information about um, like often as that's been searched a month and it'll give mm-hmm. you some other uh, other information that's relevant as well um ah, so that, that's, that's, that's quite good that's a hot tip and um so i've i've got a paid um tool for, that i use for keyword research but they've also got a free account so it's called mm-hmm. sem rush they actually mm. have a free account and you, where you don't have to give a, a, a um your credit card deals over uh, yeah. It's more limited than the paid version, but it still lets you do things like um, so, um, get information on up to ten keywords per day, analyze mm-hmm. analyze some of your competitors. Like you can yeah. run their website to see what keywords they're ranking for. Um, cool. You can do it like yeah, you can get like a sort of a basic site audit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and what are some? Because that was actually tools um, was one of the notes. Um, I think we know why um, why your original business name was Crazy Cat as well. We can hear <laughs> we, you've, you've got a visitor there with you. Um, Always on a call, she starts talking. Oh, yeah. We, we've got Sparky the Wonder Dog, but she's behaving today. She's asleep under the desk. Um, so what are some – so, so uh, SEM Rush or SEM Rush is a, is a good one. SEM Rush, yeah. Um, and what what are some other tools that people should look at? What is it Yoast or is it how you pronounce it? Yeah, so yeah, so for Yoast SEO, so WordPress plugin, but it's that they're also now available for um, Shopify. So if your site's on oh, Shopify, cool. you can yeah. also um, use Yoast. So that's, mm-hmm. that, that can really help with like um, 
put yeah it, it, it's, it makes it easier to do um, put in your page title your meta description right. it has like it has like a traffic light system which it's not hundred percent reliable, but it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, another tool that I use when I'm writing page titles and meta descriptions, it's a website called um, it's to um, to the web or something like that. They've got a oh, yeah. they've got a um, page title and product description um, tool on their website. Um, yeah, it's to the web, and they've got a mm. Google Meta Description Tester. It's called. Oh, brilliant! Um, and okay. that's uh, because uh, because with page titles and meta descriptions, it's um, you've only got a certain amount of pixels, um, so you want to make sure that uh, that what you write for both of those mm-hmm. uh, is within the within the pixel limit. Mm, so okay. that so that tool that tool will tell you when you've got the perfect length, and it will tell you when you've gone too long. Yeah, okay, so you want to stay within their character limits. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, hey, Rachel, that's that's been awesome. Um, you've been really, really helpful with all of that stuff today. If people want more tips, if they want to follow you, where do, where do they find you on social so that they can stay up to date with all the, all the latest? Um, so I've got a Facebook page, uh, Crazy mm-hmm. Digital Creative on there. I'm quite active on there. Yeah. Um, I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so I'm on there as Rachel Amy's, and yeah. I've also got my company page on there as well. Yeah. Um, then on on my website, which is um, crazydigitalcreative.com, so, mm-hmm. um, you can find info on there. Plus, um, you can sign up to my newsletter uh, from my website as well. So I um, email uh, once a week uh, with um, t- tips as, tips and tricks that I use. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Good stuff. Good to hear that you're doing your regular newsletters as well. I saw some really positive <laughs> feedback um, from someone on, on your newsletter on one of your socials uh, today. So so good job on that. Um, hey, thank you. I really appreciate your time. I'll make sure that your links are all in the show notes too. So for anybody listening out there who wants to follow Rachel and get some more of the good stuff from her, I'll make sure all of the links are in the show notes. Rachel, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you. Um, Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got heaps out of this. Uh, If you did, drop us a comment, let us know what you thought, and we will catch you on the next episode of The Mashup. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready for real growth in your business, visit us at orbitmarketing.com.au and ask how we can connect your brand with more of the clients you're looking for. Oh, 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 oh,